Well, good evening. Good to see all of you out tonight. As I mentioned this morning, our lesson tonight is one that is interesting to me as a preacher and may be interesting to you in some ways as well. But the title of it is Somewhere Between Truth and Love. I know that one of the things that I've always struggled with is, is how do you present the truth in such a way as to be in a loving fashion, in such a way that people would want to accept it. And there are some things that are hard to say. There are some things that are, are easier to say. It's easy to say, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish and have everlasting life. But it's, easy, it's a lot harder to say something such as Mark 16, 16. We're talking about going into the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. Whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe is condemned. Words such as that, such as that are, are difficult to say. And as a preacher, as a Christian even, it's hard to find the middle ground. So our lesson tonight is somewhere between truth and love. Scripture teaches us to preach the Word, the truth of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Preach the Word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. However, we are also to preach the loving spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. So we're taught to speak the truth, the truth of God's Word. No matter what the truth is, we are told to speak it, to preach it to the world who needs it. But we're also to speak the truth in love. Where are Christians to draw the line between truth and love? Is one any more important than the other? Let's look at them individually and see what we can learn. Begin with preaching the truth. Preaching the truth. What is the truth? Again, going back to Matthew, or not Matthew, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Many shy away from preaching condemnation. 
Unfortunately, in doing so, they are also neglecting the truth. We do not preach condemnation, such as is said here. We are neglecting to preach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The truth can be difficult to accept, but it still must be accepted. If we are going to be saved, the only way to do so is to accept that God's Word is God's Word, obey God's Word as it is given to us, no questions asked. But it's easier said than done, is it not? Well, let's notice the harsh reality of preaching the truth. Be honest here. When we look at the Scriptures, we understand that God never said that it was going to be an easy road. Christianity has never promised to be an easy road. One of the harsh realities of preaching the truth is that there is a cost to discipleship. You see, there are so many people that want to accept God's love and His grace. But that's kind of the end of it, is it not? That was my phone, by the way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, back to the lesson. There is a cost to discipleship. There are people that want to accept God's grace and His love, but, but they don't want to do anything else. But they don't want to accept that there is anything else. They don't want to accept that there is a cost. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes. And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him in verse 60, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Was Jesus being mean when he said these words? He's being honest. He's telling the truth. If you place anything before me, you can't be my disciple. Even family and friends, we cannot place them before God. He must come first in our lives. No matter what may seem to take precedence, He has to come first. We also understand that Christ brings division. We, we see that. Matthew chapter 10 verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or, more, or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring the truth. He came to bring a sword. 
one that causes division. Those are harsh realities to accept. But we must accept them as Christians. We must accept that this is the truth and that we must present the truth as it is. As we look at the truth, we see the harsh reality of the truth and I think we have to ask the question, can the truth be presented in the wrong way? Um, I think we can. There's a way that we can present the truth, that be the truth, and, and still not be in the right way. Not done with the right heart. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, the first of the letters to the churches of Asia, to the church of Ephesus, this is written. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Sounds great, right? Let's keep going. Verse 4. Nevertheless, we have a, a change of the winds here. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Unless you repent, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear to hear, or he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I know your works, your labor. They could not bear those who were evil. They tested and found out those who were false teachers. They worked hard and had not become weary. They hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans whom the Lord also hated. They did everything right. Except for one thing. They were in need of repentance because... They had left their first love. They had forgotten how to labor in love. I believe in two ways. I believe that they had forgotten their love for God to some degree. They were all about doing everything right and they had forgotten to do it out of love for God. I think also that they had forgotten how to love others. They had left their first love. All the things that they were doing, it wasn't as much labor of love as it was just trying to, to do the things, everything right. We must have love behind it. And as we look at, at this church, we understand that their lampstand was in danger of being removed. It had not been removed yet, but it was in danger of being removed as a congregation. We have to remember to love. Remember our love for God. Remember our love for man. 
Preaching the truth is necessary, but we mustn't forget to preach the truth in love. That leads us to our next point. Preaching the truth in love. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 in particular, it says this, There is a time for everything, is the general consensus of this, this passage. And in verse 7 it says, A time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. There is a time to preach the truth without abandon. In preaching, there is also a time to love without abandon. We must have both of them together. We must have a love for the individual in, in order to present the truth in the right way. But we've got to have the truth. If we don't preach the whole truth, how can they be saved? It's easy to give people what they want. It's a lot harder to tell them the clear and honest truth. But if we truly love them, then we will present the truth to them. But one goes with the other. We cannot take them apart. Standing for the truth means hating. Falsehood. Remember, there's a time to love and a time to hate. I, I always tell people, be careful with that H word because we often misuse it in a lot of ways. It's a word to be very careful of. But there is a time to hate. Christians must remember to love the souls destined for eternal punishment. We must love them enough to try to instill the truth within them while trying not to turn them away from God. We have to present the truth. Even if it means that, that they won't accept it, we still have to present the truth. There's a time to love. There's also a time to hate. Christianity means love. Loving God and loving neighbor is one of the most basic commands given to us and one of the most important. Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 29, Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We must love God. We must love our neighbor. We must also love our enemies. Sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? But we must also love our enemies. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. 
that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We must love our enemies. Though the truth is divisive, we must love others enough to teach them the truth. And as we look at what Jesus said to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. He wasn't giving these harsh words to them because he didn't like them, because he didn't love them. He loved them. He wanted them to hear the truth. That was the reason for it. He wanted them to repent, and so he rebuked and he chastened them because he loved them almost as a parent does a child. I remember the first time my dad told me, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I was like, yeah, right. But I understand now. It was because he loved me that he chastised me, that he disciplined me, that he taught me right from wrong. Jesus came in love for mankind. As we look at John 3.16, For God so loved the world, Jesus came because God loved the world. Because He did too. John 15, verse 13, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus did that. He gave His life for us. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. So even though Jesus came in truth, He came to present the truth, He also came in the spirit of love. You see, He knew where to draw the line. He knew when to speak the truth and how to do it in a loving manner. He knew how to do that. And He came with the, the purpose in mind that, that love was the center focus. Because He loved us, He wanted us have a way of being saved. He wanted us to have a way of having eternal life rather than eternal condemnation. It came out of love. You must remember that. Going back to Revelation chapter 2, let's look this time at verses 18 through 29. This is the letter that is written to the church of Thyatira. Revelation 2 verse 18. These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. 
Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed and dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. As we look at the letter that is written to the church of Thyatira, we find something a little different than the letter that was written to the church of Ephesus. Though Jesus mentions knowing their love, among other things, they had allowed corruption without correcting within their congregation. They allowed their love to some degree to get in the way of the truth. cannot allow love to get in the way of the truth and correction. Someone needs to be corrected. We need to, to be willing to correct them. Make sure that they're right in the sight of God. I've heard parents say, well, you know, I love my child too much to discipline them, do you? Do you really? Jesus, as this, this letter is written, he, he wrote it because he loved the church here. Because of what could happen if they don't correct themselves and the corruption that is within them. He loved them enough to tell them the truth. But they were the ones that were having trouble keeping the truth. So where do we find ourselves as Christians? How are we preaching? Are we preaching the truth? And if we are preaching the truth, then, then how are we doing so? Are we doing it in the right spirit? Are we doing it with the right attitude? Are we doing it because we have to or because we actually love those that we're preaching to? Or are we preaching to them because we want them to be right? Because we want them to do the right things? To be faithful unto God. Are we on the other side? Are we looking at too much at how much we love them and and confusing love with with not wanting to hurt somebody? Because the truth does hurt at times. There are many people that, that refuse to become Christians because well, my mom and dad, you know, they're they're long gone, but you know, they didn't they weren't baptized for the remission of their sins. And I I feel like if I do it, then I'm condemn, condemning them to hell. 
Satan is deceitful. He wants us to be deceived. And so what we might think is, is love may not actually be true, godly love. As Christians, we must preach the truth, but we also must do so out of love. Cannot truly, one cannot truly be done without the other. We cannot preach the truth without loving those we preach to, and we cannot truly love someone and not share with them the truth. So, as Christians, I think we find ourselves somewhere between truth and love. And it's difficult to differentiate which one we're to use at the right time. But we learn as we continue to study, as we continue to grow, as we continue to mature as Christians. Maybe you lean on one side of the fence or the other. I don't know where you stand in your life. Maybe you need to become a Christian. Maybe you've not obeyed the gospel. Maybe you've not been baptized for the remission of your sins. Maybe you're not faithful. Maybe somewhere along the way you've, you've fallen. Maybe you need to come back. Rededicate your life to Him. Ask for prayers on your behalf or for forgiveness. Make your heart and life right with God. If it's not already, make it right. Be glad to help you in any way that we can. Let's get we stand and as we sing.